I'm sorry, you got to back off. You are so you're so in there. You're so, bypassing so bypassing the filter, and I'm still right. getting. How about this? Is this better? So much better. Okay, you ready? Yep. That was that was a bad take. Anyway, that's right, it's go. a good thing I stopped. Exactly. Hey kids, Nick again. Um, remember last week at the very end, I popped in and said we talked way too long about round and one for John Gee, so it's not actually the triple header that we promised. This week, we're going into Love Story and Sunshine Day, and uh, and we're going to pick up right where we left off. So thank you for your patience. We're going to zoop right in. No real intros. He's Omen. I'm Nick. You know us by now. Uh, enjoy. I feel like I'm, I need a second to recover from that. Uh, this is, to me, this is straight on par with a song for Jeffrey. Um, because, one of the reasons because this is also on um, Living in the Past. Now, I think it's important to note right off the bat that that even though we are, um, because of the format of our podcast, presenting this to you in terms of it being a bonus track on a late release album uh, version of this was love story is actually the third single that Jethro Tull ever released. They released it in December of 68 and it reached number 29 in the UK singles chart uh, in January of the, you know, the next month in, in January of uh, 69. And it spent eight weeks on the top 40 chart. It's, not bad. it's pretty good for 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 it being the third single that the band ever released. What um what were the other two? Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, you don't have it there anyway, so I can't. <laughs> um, let's see. Looking at that list. Oh, uh, the other two were "Sunshine Day" and "Living in the Past." How interesting that their singles, all three of those singles did not come off the first album. I don't even know Sunshine Day. Yeah. Sunshine Day. That's bonkers. Um, um, I'm going to listen to Sunshine Day right now. Um, so we just listened to 30 seconds, 45 seconds of Sunshine Day. Yeah. Uh, I hear Beatles. I hear flowery, yeah. what you would expect for like flowery hippie sound. Yeah. It sounds like exactly the sort of thing that would get you onto the top 40s chart in England in 1968. It's but But nothing else. It sounds like nothing. It doesn't sound like there's nothing else distinctive about it. That was their first single? Apparently. Um, what a twist. I think that we just learned something, Nick. And I have to say, that has never happened before. <laughs> that, we, that we learned something? <laughs> I mean... No, but this is... I mean, I, I, I don't remember the last time that, that we 
that you and I simultaneously listened to a Jethro Tull song that we had never heard before. A brand new, yeah. I don't think that's never happened. Yeah. That's very... We didn't even finish it. No, because it's not very good. Um, it's not. It's not terrible. No, but it's it's not distinctive. I mean, you can sort of hear if you kind of pull out um, uh, some of the some of the stuff. What am I trying to say? I'm 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 googling and, t- and speaking at the same time. That was a mistake. You can you can hear that it's Jethro Tull. You can hear Ian Anderson's distinctive voice. You can hear some of the some of the kind of style of guitar playing that that you hear later. But it's it's not um, particularly remarkable. No, and it's 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 super bizarre to me because when I first listened to the album, this was I was like, this doesn't sound like Tall at all because of how bluesy right. jazzy it is. And then you throw this into the mix. I I never in a million years would I have expected to hear this sound come from them. Again, it's not terrible. It's not bad. But it's like, um, this is probably a reference that you won't understand, Omen. What? But it's like the new, it's like the first two albums from Mumford and Sons. I have heard of those people. They have, they have an album cover where they progressively go from being well-dressed to less dressed until one of them is just standing in his socks. Nope. That's the other one. <laughs> Damn it. Who is that? That's this, the Punch <laughs> Brothers. All right. Well, whatever. I know the sort of thing you're talking about. Anyway. The first two are are folk and acoustic and beautiful and amazing. Right. And then the the next two albums after that are just just electric. And if it weren't Mumford and Sons. Yeah. And if I weren't if I didn't love the sound of those first two albums, the third and the fourth would be eh, they're okay, they're passable, but because I'm comparing it to those first two, it's it's it, 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 it's abhorrent. Well, you know what they say. What do they say? To compare is to despair. Do they say that? That's the same. just come up with something no. that rhymes with compare? I came up out. with that some years ago and it makes sense. <laughs> it's true. To compare is to despair. Brush your hair. That's, <laughs> that's what I say. That's not, that's not the same thing. So this was not this, this song, this this episode is not about Sunshine Day, although maybe it ought to be. Let's go back to Love Story. Oh my gosh. Wow. There is so much happening in this. Um, you mind if I just jump right in? Yeah, please. Please. So, so let's say that this is their first real single. Their first, their first Let's see, even let's not even talk about that. Let's just talk about the song. Um, when I listen to this song, I hear benefits. I hear I hear the album benefit. Absolutely. There's so much of that. Um, and specifically, you have the use of the the kind of wah-wah pedal on the guitar mm-hmm. while simultaneously Ian Anderson is playing the mandolin, mm-hmm. which is like kind of on some kind of a weird overdrive, um, which I don't think they did anywhere else on this was. No, I think that's the only time we hear um, mandolin. But he does it a lot later on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, once they once he gets into the the woodsier and the the folkier sound, yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that's already kind of starting to emerge with this song is the uh, agricultural imagery, mm. 
vis-a-vis romantic entanglements. Okay, I'm following. I hope. Um, it's it's got a it's got a it's got the darkness of benefit. Yeah, it, there's there's just um, and some songs off of uh, songs from the wood even. Yeah, um, that there's this kind of overcast feel, this this palpable kind of pressure in the air, like a storm's about to break. Well, and thematically, it's it's got that that tension of the frustrated love. Oh yeah, which is which is a lot more common. Um, songs from the wood era yes going back in the morning time to see if my love has come around yeah i know what i will find that she's wasting time she could be picking roses that's very agriculturally suggestive you know what i mean i mean it's i get the agricultural part she could be picking roses there you go i get it you understand yeah things that i can't say (laughs) <laughs> she could be spreading fertilizer. <laughs> she could be spraying for aphids. <laughs> oh my god. She's about to have her organic designation revoked. <laughs> That's tragic. I, well hey it's love um yeah no but it's um what else what else can we say about this what what is what is your impression what is you know what do you see in your mind when you listen to this song um well i kind of i kind of covered it in my outburst um definitely i definitely see um it it, it belongs with benefit right mostly it, it has that sound but also because i had um I had living in the past at the same time as benefit and I listened to them both. So they all kind of mixed together sound wise. Um, I think the, this one paired with um, song for Jeffrey. Yeah. Just feel, feel like, like, like they don't belong on this album, you know? Well, that's the fascinating thing about this was, and I think that it's, it's worth circling back to something that we were talking about on the previous episode which is that, you know, most of the other albums sort of are representative of, of one year of playing together with, with the band. Right. Um, because they recorded just about an, an album every year for, you know, 30 or 40 years. Um, but this one is unique. The first album is unique because they had been playing together for more than that amount of time before they recorded it. And so there was a larger selection of material to pull from. So maybe they had, you know, one of the things that, that, that we've often talked about and that fans often talk about, uh, uh, um, about Jethro Tull, Jethro Tull is the, the pleasure of hearing the band and their sound change over the years. And I think on this album, we have sort of a, a microcosm of that in a way. We hear some of the really, really bluesy roots and the jazz roots. And then we, we hear it with this track, the prog rock kind of folk rock vibe that they go to for the next five or 10 years. I was just thinking, um, like they all of almost all of their albums have a theme of some sort. Absolutely. I mean, they had more than twice as many songs as we see on this was. So they were obviously picking and choosing for a thematic feel. Maybe this is proto 
Prague at this point. What? Yeah. I oh said it. Oh my God. I said it. Start a Wikipedia article now. Do it. Just link it to Ian Anderson. We're, um, that's actually a request that we're making of you, the listener. Um, we don't have time for that kind of thing. Yeah. But a, a proto-prog uh, Wikipedia page. Wikipedia page would be pretty cool. Um, no, I think, I th- I think knowing, knowing all of the other songs that we can hear yeah. based on, on the bonus tracks, based on the, the dates of the songs that are on living in the past, they, they were, they were d- well into this sound as much as they were into the sound of this was right. Right. And there's a reason why the album is called this was because this was how they played. Yeah. But yeah. things change, don't they? That's, we put it on this album because some people like it. No, because it's popular with some people. No, it's what just because people because people like it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so veiled and dramatic. Oh, it's very British. Gross. Um yeah, so I think I think with the, with listening to the song and then this discussion it leads me to think that it it's not a matter of evolution by way of of one album to the next that I had initially thought of. Right. Even though they chose this very um, specific and early sound for their very first album. And then naturally, like, did they, they knew, did they know, like, at what point were they going to, were they getting rid of Mick? You know, that's the story that I want to know. I want to know how that, I want to know what that decision was. If it was a mutual thing, who I want to know. I am a catty bitch and I want the details. I want the deets. Um, yeah. Like to me, it feels like this could be like, we had a good run. We'll give you this album, but we're going with the, the other sound after this. Right. Or was it, Listen, Ian, I've had enough of your crazy flute talk. I'll do this one last favor for you. And then I'm off to do Bloodwind Pig. Yeah. Or no, no neither. Bloodwind, I think. Bloodwind Pig. Yeah, there we go. Um, or was it neither of those things? Probably that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, we are, we're, we are Jethro Tull archaeologists. Well, we're Tullkeologists. Ooh. There it is. Yes. Um, we're, we're taking the pieces that we have and positing pure uh, theory. And in 30 years after we listen through them again, once we're done with this, the first time (laughs) we'll, we'll go and re-record them again. And then we'll just say that the dinosaurs had feathers. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Archaeologists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think, I think it's it's a really interesting way to look at the developments and um and listen to this album again and think of what is contemporary with this album in their uh their library at the time. Absolutely. Um hold on one second. I'm just that was our that was our interstitial music yeah bring back the sunshine dear it literally i mean it's like it oh gosh it's just 
it's so reminiscent, like you said, of all of the, all of those like semi hippie 60s bands. I just see like daisies floating in the air and they're wearing um like bandanas. bell bottoms and bandanas and and leather tassels. They kept wow. the leather tassels, I think. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they there was a there was a, a swift progression from hippie to festive leather daddy as time went on festive leather daddy. W- wooded leather daddy um woodland woodland there we go that's it i want to know if they had any other songs like this even if it wasn't recorded or um even performed for that matter i wonder if what what they had in their repertoire leading up to this and then going you know we we're not doing this we're not doing this right well for other songs that are of this time period, I suggest that our listeners tune in next week. Oh, no. No, I, I think that they should. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and do you want to reveal to them uh, what, which song we will be discussing next week, Nick? We will be discussing a Tull staple that is played live and on many, many albums um, and reworked at least one or two other times, um, we are going to be covering Christmas Story. Is that what it's called? Christmas Song. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready to While you're listening to our wrap-up, Go to your podcatcher of choice. Go to your cast catcher of choice. Um, rate us, subscribe, review. I don't have to tell you to subscribe. You're already subscribed if you're listening to this um, episode nine or ten, whatever this is. Um, but just you know, the, give us the stars and give us the reviews. It helps. You know, blah blah blah. You, if you listen to this podcast, you listen to other podcasts. You hear the spiel. Bring it over to us. Give us some love. Nick, I have a question for you. Yeah. If people want to write to us, where can they do that? They can go to their email and send us an email. <laughs> they can send us an email uh, to moms at fecklessmoms.com. And that is M-O-M-E-S. Moms. <laughs> or, I mean, they're, they're looking at the podcast. It has the word mom on it. Oh, or or you can go to fecklessmomes.com and on the home page is a contact us little formy form that you can fill out and give us your love or just leave it in a review. That is F L S F L S M M M O M Z. I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting silly. Um Hey, Nick. Yeah, Omen. What are we going to be discussing next week? Next week is the ultimate song, ultimate in the Greek sense of last. Um, or is it Latin? Oh, gosh, that's embarrassing. Um, Ultimo. I think that's Latin. No, it's... it's. Oh, yeah, because antipenultimo. No, pen is... Okay. Next week, we are covering the last song on the of the bonus tracks i mean technically we covered the last song this week with round we're covering the last song of the bonus tracks and that is christmas song until then i'm omen said 
And I'm Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. It's bonkers. Just something that they, uh... Oops. Oh, hey there. Talk Tall to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.